Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for your love today, God. Lord, for the example that you have given us, Lord, that through your son, Jesus Christ, and what he did on the cross, Lord, that we truly can be free today. Lord, we thank you for that in Christ's name. Amen. You know, when you look at different studies about fear, one of the top things that people fear is a fear of heights. People don't like to be uh, in a tall skyscraper looking over the edge or, or looking over the edge of a cliff. It's just not something that people are normally comfortable with. I don't know if you've heard of these, these guys. They're called urban free climbers. Some people say they're brave. Some people say that they have a lot of guts. I think they're crazy, personally. <laughs> these guys climb some of the largest structures on earth. Skyscrapers, large cranes, uh, cell towers, all of these things. And, and several of them have even lost their lives because they do all of these crazy tricks and stuff without ropes, without harnesses, without anything. And you can see the picture here of, of a few of these guys who had climbed this large skyscraper. And they're actually on top of like a radio tower that's on top of the skyscraper in this city. Pretty scary stuff. When they were interviewed, one of them said, they asked him, they said, do you ever get afraid? And he said, well, of course. He said, I'm always afraid when I'm doing this. But he said, the key is that my focus has got to outweigh my fear. My focus has got to outweigh my fear. Now, fear is a human, it's part of human nature. Fear is actually a good thing. You know, we experience a lot of short-term fear, if you will. If there's, there's uh, nearly getting in a car accident or if there's, uh, we come across a wild animal or something, that well, we immediately uh, have this fear instinct in us. And that's a good thing. That alerts us to danger. Uh, most people who are in the right minds would be afraid of heights. And that alerts us to danger. So fear is something that is innate within us that is a good thing. When it's a short term, when it's a defense mechanism. But then there's another type of fear. And that is a person that lives in fear. All their life, they live in fear. Now, you probably know people like this. I, I can recall a certain individual that no matter what you say, they're always living in fear. They, they're afraid that the economy is going to collapse at any moment. They're afraid that they're going to be overtaken by a terrible health ailment. It's constant fear, and as the years and decades go by, these things don't happen. But yet they continue to live in that fear, and that fear begins to overtake their life. You see, when you live in fear, it becomes a negative thing. It starts to affect every area of your life. And that's what we're going to talk about today, living in fear and having fear of the storms that can come into our lives. What did Jesus say about fear? Well, we look in Mark chapter 4, and we see a familiar story. Now, Jesus had just been teaching uh, the multitudes, and he's getting ready to take a break. He wants to have a time of rest. And so he'd been teaching them about the kingdom of God. And he says to his disciples and his followers around him, he says, let's, let's go Let's go and take, take a break. Let's, let's rest for a minute. 
And in verse 35 and 36, it says, And the same day, when the evening was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. He's talking here about the Sea of Galilee. And when they had sent away the multitudes, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. So Jesus tells them, let's go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Let's kind of get away from the multitudes for a little bit. And this was common. Jesus did this throughout his ministry. He understood there has to be times in your life when you have rest built in. Hence, God rested on the seventh day of creation. There has to be those times in your life when this happens. Now, Jesus is telling them, let's, let's go to the other side. He's leading them somewhere. You know the great thing about it? When Jesus is leading us somewhere, he's going to get us to our destination. Now, it might not be the way that we think. It might not be through the means that we think. We may run into storms and trials along the way, but he's going to get us to our destination. In other words, when you get in the boat with Jesus, he's going to take you where you need to go. And that's what we see with the disciples. Now, this was really a routine trip for them. Remember, many of the disciples were fishermen. They grew up around the Sea of Galilee. They knew it like the back of their hand. They had fished there all their life. They understood it. And so it was very much a routine trip. Now, if you think about the Sea of Galilee and kind of paint a picture in your mind of what this looks like, it's not a very large body of water. It's about 13 miles long. It's about 8 miles wide. At its deepest point, it's about 200 feet deep. It's fed mainly by the Jordan River, and it flows out of the other tributaries that flow out of the mountains. It's surrounded by mountains. So it kind of gives you a picture of what this looks like. But there's a very interesting thing that happens in this sea. Some of the most vicious storms you could ever imagine happen because of the topography of the land and various things. They get terrible storms that just seem to come out of nowhere in the Sea of Galilee. So, we see in Mark chapter 4, verse 37, that one of these storms blow up. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so it was now full. So the ship began to fill up with water. Here they are, they're in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, trying to get to the other side, and all of a sudden, this, this storm comes up. And the waves are coming over the side of the boat. And now the boat is taking on water. And the disciples, many of them fishermen, knew this was a terrible situation. They knew they were in trouble. Now there was recorded uh, not too long ago a storm that had come up on the Sea of Galilee. And the waves that were recorded were over 10 feet high. Can you imagine that? 10 feet high. So you can imagine the disciples with these waves crashing over the ship. It's taking on water, the fear they must have had. Now, this couldn't have been a very large vessel. Archaeologists back in the 80s actually found a, a shipping boat that was very, probably very similar to the boat that they were in. It was it's dated back to the time of Christ, and it was about 27 feet long. could hold about 12 to 15 people. So we're not talking about a large a large boat here. I'm talking about a small boat in a terrible storm. In verse 38, it says, And he, Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Don't you care if we drown? Do you know what's going on here? There's waves coming. The ship is taking on water. Jesus, don't you care if we drown? 
Now, I always think, I, I look into scripture, and I have a lot of questions a lot of times, and I think, what disciple made that comment? You ever think like that? I think, who was the one that made that? Could it have been Peter? It sounds like something Peter might have said, but I, we don't know. But I always think of those things. Who made that comment? Don't you care if we drown? But you see, Jesus was at peace in the middle of the storm. A lot of times we make comments like that, don't we? We say, Lord, I'm going through this storm. I'm going through this trial in my life. And don't you care that I'm going through it? Don't you care that I need help now? So often we cry out to God like that. But so often the storms are lessons that we must learn in our life. And they're lessons that we really don't want to learn. Who wants to go through a trial in their life? Who wants to go through problems in their life? Who wants to go through difficulties in their life? But so many times it's necessary to refine us, to strengthen our faith, to make us a better witness for Christ. All the trials and the problems you go through in your life can one day become an example for somebody else, can one day can open the door to sharing your testimony with someone. Look for the lessons in every storm that you go through. And Jesus is truly about to teach his disciples a very valuable lesson. We see it in verses 39 to 41. He said, and he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. And said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? The lesson Jesus was teaching them was about faith. He wanted to teach them about faith. Now, how did the, the disciples react to this? Well, the disciples were overtaken by fear. They were overtaken by fear. Now, a couple things with fear. When you make decisions in a state of fear, you're going to make poor decisions. You're going to make bad decisions. You're not going to have the judgment that you need. When you make decisions in the middle of a problem and the fear all around you, you're not going to make good decisions. So what's the first thing we need to look at? The first thing we need to think of is how did Jesus react? Jesus was at peace. When fear comes into your life, when the fear of the storm is there, come to Jesus in a state of peace. Tells us that in John, that God will give us peace that passes all understanding. That peace, I leave with you my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, there's peace in the storm when we come to Christ. When we make decisions from a mindset of peace rather than a mindset of fear. How did Jesus respond? Jesus calmed the storm. He calmed the storm. You know, there's three questions ask yourself when you're going through a storm. The first one is, is the storm I'm going through greater than God? The second question you ask yourself is, can God handle the storm that I'm in? And you look at those and say, well, of course he can. God is bigger than all things. God can handle the storms that I'm in. God is bigger than the storms I am. Then the third question is, is then what are you afraid of? If God can handle the storm that you're in, if God is greater than the storm that you're in, then why are you so fearful of the storm? 
Jesus asked that question to his disciples. He said, what are you afraid of? Don't you trust in me? Have you lost your faith in me? We overcome fear by facing it with our faith in Jesus Christ. Not running from it, not pretending that it's not there. When you live in fear day after day, Jesus is asking you that exact question and he asks his disciples. So what are you afraid of? What problems, what storms are you afraid of? Have you lost your faith in me? After all these years as a believer, after decades of the things that I've showed you, have you lost your faith in me? Jesus is saying, have you seen what I've done in your life? You know, when we conquer fear, it's an amazing thing. We become confident in our faith. We become empowered in our faith. I can remember years ago, growing up, we always went every year, and I, we still do it with our son. We go to Cedar Point every year, and I love roller coasters, and I, I just I enjoy riding them, and I remember when I was a little kid, about, I don't know, six or seven, just a little guy, and I decided that I was going to try one of the roller coasters there, and so I picked a really scary one. I picked the mine ride, which, yeah, my dad still rides that every, every year. He still rides that. He loves that. But as a kid, you know, it's, it's not a very intimidating ride, but as a kid it is. And so I get on this thing, and I'm going around, and about halfway through that, I realized I had made a really bad decision because <laughs> I really wasn't feeling this thing at all. And nearing the end, I made a promise to God. I said, if you ever get me off this thing, I will never get back on. <laughs> That's a promise I didn't keep because now I ride them all. I love them. But you know what's funny is after I rode that and thought about it a while, I thought, hey, you know what? That was, that was kind of fun. I enjoyed that. I, I kind of got a little confident because I, I felt like, you know what? I was able to go through the fear and walk through that fear to the other side. I didn't run from it. I went through it and was able to conquer that fear. And I felt empowered by that. And that's the same thing that happens to us when fear comes into our lives and we're so afraid of something, we're so afraid of that storm. If we can go through that storm with the power of God and our faith and we can come out the other side, we will feel empowered when the next storm comes. We will feel a stronger faith when the next storm comes. And when the next storm comes, we can look at it and say, God, you've brought me through all these other storms. You're going to take me through this one. It's about our faith. So we see that the disciples, they believed in Jesus. But you know what? Their fear was greater than their faith in that moment. They had seen the, the, the miracles that Jesus had done. They had been with him and witnessed all the things that he had done. But at the same time, they were still fearful. You know, a lot of people talk about faith. And they say, you know, faith is it's a great thing, but... I can't see it. It's not tangible. I can't hold it in my hand. What really is it? The greatest definition of faith, I believe, comes from Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 1. It says, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What is faith? Another, another version says it like this. It is the confident assurance that what we hoped for is going to happen. I love that. It's a confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It's that belief inside of you that says, I know that God is leading me a certain direction. 
It's that belief inside of you in the middle of the storm that says, I don't know where the calm's coming, but I believe that the clouds are going to part. I have such an assurance. I have such a great hope that God's going to come through that no matter what's going on around me, I know that he's going to come through. That's what faith is. Faith is that belief. You can't see it. You can't hold it in your hands. But it's there. You know, if you ever come to church and looked around this room and said, you know, boy, there's a lot of people in here. I hope there's enough oxygen for all of us. <laughs> of course not. It's crazy. But why is it crazy? You can't see it. It's not tangible. You can't hold it in your hand. But you know that every time you take a breath, it's going to be there to sustain your life. Same is true with love. The same is true with kindness and hope. They're all things that we can't quite see, we can't quite hold in our hands, but we know that they're there. Faith is real, just like God is real. We can't see God, but you know what? We see his work. We see his fingerprint in the beauty of a sunrise. We see his smile in a newborn baby. We see his creation all around us in this world, from the beautiful mountains to the lakes to the trees. All the things that are shown to us, that are around us, are God's creation. We see his handiwork all around us. But not only that, as believers, we know that his spirit is always with us. 1 Corinthians 3.16, that's probably why it tells us that the spirit of God indwells us as believers, is constantly with us. You're never alone in Christ. That faith that is unseen is the very thing that's going to get you through the storm. The faith that God is going to show up. So how does fear relate to this unseen faith that we're talking about? Well, fear really thrives in a life with little or no faith. Fear can just run rampant in a life where there's no faith. Because what happens is fear becomes our decision maker. We make all our decisions based on fear. And truly, we try to fix problems on our own, without any guidance from the God of the universe. So we're really left to our own devices. If, if you're not a believer today, then basically you're going through life blind. You're going through life just making decisions however you see best, without the wisdom and the guidance of the God of the universe who can guide us through his wisdom and through his love to the best places that he wants us to have in our lives. The greater the faith, the less we live in fear. You know, fear can't take root in a life where there is great faith. It's not to say we won't have fear. We, we know that there is, there is those things in life that when the fear comes in, we address it. But the truth is that you have to exercise your faith more than you exercise your fear. Now, I don't know if you've ever done martial arts or anything of that nature, but growing up and being in the martial arts a lot and seeing many of you out here who have also, you know, when you first start the martial arts, you just feel so uncoordinated. I mean, because you're doing everything with, you know, your dominant side and then your, your, your left side of your body, and, and it's so uncoordinated, and you keep doing it. After about three months, you, I'm starting to get this a little bit. 
And then six months, nine months, a year goes by, and you start, you start feeling a little better about yourself. You're like, boy, the coordination's coming. The balance is coming. The flexibility's coming. I'm starting to really put this together a little bit. And the reason for it is it feels awkward in the beginning, but the more you do it, the more confidence you have, the stronger it is. What you exercise becomes stronger. If you live a life and you're exercising fear day in and day out, that fear is going to become so strong, it's going to take such root that it's going to overwhelm your life. It's going to take root in every area of your life. It's going to spread all over your life because you're giving it power. You're exercising it. You're feeding it. You're letting it take root. But the opposite is true of faith. When we exercise our faith in life and we give our faith the power, we give our faith our energy, what's going to happen is our faith is going to become strong. And when fear comes in, there's no place for it to take root because we're rooted in the faith of Jesus Christ. We know that no matter what comes in, we're so heavily rooted that fear is not going to pull us out of that faith. Exercise faith over fear. That's really the key. The key is that just like those urban climbers said, they said, well, the focus has to outweigh the fear. Faith has to outweigh fear in our lives. Faith has to become a habit. Faith has to become a practice in our life. It has to take root in our lives. We can't just shut it off, but we can practice and make stronger our faith. Faith is really the prescription for dealing with fear because you know what? You can't, you can't plan everything in your life. There's going to be problems in your life. There's going to be bumps in your life. There's going to be storms in your life. But faith is a prescription. And we can know truly that when our faith is in Jesus Christ, that he is greater than any storm we face. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8, it tells us, and the Lord he it is that doeth, doth go before thee, he will be with you. He will not fail you. He'll not forsake you. Fear not, neither be dismayed. The disciples had fear. They were uncertain. But Jesus was in the boat. And Jesus calmed the storm. You know, there's a story of a, a man who lived long ago. His name was Horatio Spafford. Now, he had dealt with many storms in his life. So many storms he dealt with in his life. Back in 1870, he was a lawyer and a businessman in Chicago. In fact, he owned a great deal of real estate in downtown Chicago. But he was also a great man of faith. In 1870, his young son of four years old died of scarlet fever and the storms begin to come. The very next year, there was a fire that raced through Chicago, destroying most all of his real estate. He was nearing financial ruin. So he said to his wife, he says, I want to go see the great evangelist D.L. Moody. Let's go to England and let's go to one of his crusades. And so they were ready to board a ship, and Horatio had had a business engagement that it came up, and he wasn't able to get on the boat with him. He would be coming in a few days. And so his wife and his four daughters left before him. About two days 
end to their trip across the Atlantic, he received a telegram from his wife that simply read, saved alone. What had happened was that boat collided with another ship in the Atlantic. His four daughters had died and his wife was the only one that survived. Horatio immediately went to New York. He immediately got on a ship. He wanted to be with his wife in England. And so he started the trip across the Atlantic. And a couple days in, the captain, he called him to the bridge and he says, I want you to know that this is the spot where your daughters perished. And so he walked down to the deck of that ship and with a pad and a pen, he wrote these enduring words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, oh, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but in whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Oh, my soul, it is well. It is well with my soul. What storms are you going through in your life today? Maybe it's a financial storm. Maybe it's a a health storm. Maybe like Horatio, you suffer tremendous loss in your life. I don't know what the storms are that you're going through. You can't escape the storms. They're always going to be there. The fear of the storm is always going to come creeping in. But one thing we know as believers is Jesus is in the boat. Truly, he's in the boat with you. No matter what you go through in life, no matter what storm you're in now, Jesus is with you. And he's there to calm the storm. Psalms chapter 46 says, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear? Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though the waters therefore roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Today, that's the promise of God, that no matter what you're going through, the God of hosts is with you. He is in your boat today. Let your faith outweigh the fear of the storm. Let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, we're so thankful, God, that you're in the boat with us. Lord, because if you, if you weren't, We have no chance. We have no chance on this earth and we have no chance for eternity. Lord, we know that the storms will come. We know that the trials will come. But Lord, we have the promise that the God of Jacob, the God of the Old Testament, the God of the disciples, Lord, is the God that we serve, that you are with us always. And Lord, we Thank you, God, for the love and salvation that you have given in your name. Amen. You know-